Welcome to the track record conversation series number one. Um, we figured we should probably add some video to this this podcast we've been doing. Uh, thank you to Grant for for being here and doing this for me, taking time out of your day. Thank you. Um, so I don't want to introduce you and like do it in a way that would like I don't know like disrespect <laughs> your art. So oh, if you no, wanted to like no, intro what you all. do, kind of like. Uh, I'm basically, I introduce myself as an illustrator, um, a visual artist sometimes, but, uh, professionally an illustrator. Illustrator. Okay. I didn't want to like say no, you're like a graphic no. designer or this or this. It's but confusing. It's, yeah. It's a touchy subject. Yeah. That's yeah. why I wanted to, cause I know some people get like super no, upset no, about it. No, not at all. Um, but I wanted to, I do, I love your work by the Thank way. You. I wanted to let you know that, um, found you at ZineCon. I told you that before we started, um. I I probably walked by your table like three or four times. I just kept looking <laughs> at different things, but as I said, I didn't have any money in my pocket. Otherwise, no. I would have stuff. But I've supported now. Yeah. Um. So thank you for that stuff. Um, of course. But to start off, I want to like, what pulled like I want to ask you like what what pulled you into wanting to do art for a living? Like, was there like a certain moment in your in your life that like you thought like I'm really good at this? I want to do this, or was like. I think it was more like interest based. Okay. I uh, I really loved like Disney and stuff when I was a kid. Um, I loved cartoons and animation, um, and I also loved like obsessively loved like theme parks and um, like an experience like that. And I I really focused on music when I was in high school. I was in bands and like that's what I was going to do. I was just going to like quit school. Um, once my band got big enough, like that was my only plan. And luckily my art teacher in high school kind of like pulled me aside and said like, you're good at this. I go to this art high school. And it was like different from the high school I went to. Um, we would go there half day and it was like this whole different experience. And they kind of, in a very weird small town way introduced us into this world of like you don't have to become you know what all the people around you are like get yeah. a normal job you can do this other thing so that was kind of my jump off point and then when i went to college um i basically put all my effort into like working for Disney like yeah. that was my like big thing is like I want to work for Disney and do cartoons um, so I snuck into this like talk at mm -hmm. a college in Chicago that I didn't go to um, and got this guy to like take me under his wing that worked for Disney and then long story short like I ended up in California and I had like really great instructors that uh, pushed me more towards art, not like being a part of Disney or cartoons or anything. And I saw that there was like a world that existed of that. And like, it was really what I was interested in, like skateboarding and music and all that stuff. So yeah, I feel like it's almost like an underground type thing. Like, yeah, yeah. And I think there's a, like a genuine love for that for me. Like there's a lot of stuff in my work that still is very underground like um or like speaks to like a very small group of people like wrestling and like uh demolition derbies and like metal music but i wanted to kind of blanket it in 
something very like approachable yeah um like in cartoons it's you know it kind of takes the edge off all of that stuff which definitely uh when i was growing up was part of what interested me in disney was like they rounded all the edges kind of it it became less threatening yeah because it's like disney movies are about like pretty serious things yeah they make it seem like it's nothing almost like it's like magical yeah um branching off that i wanted to say like you do your art covers like american iconic things Uh like you cover wrestling you cover metal movies whatever that may be um how do you like put your own spin on that to make it because everybody like there's tons of people that do that the same subject matter but how do you like separate yourself from them how do you like put yourself into the like the work you're putting out um i think well i choose that stuff based on um kind of my own criteria so like I have this narrative that, like, I'm following in this loose way. Um, like, Hulk Hogan is, like, a big icon I use all the yeah, time. I've noticed that. He's yeah. all over the place. And it's not, it's not like it's, like, I, Hulk Hogan was my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, I just think, for my interest in wrestling, like, Hulk Hogan is a very good example of, like, why I liked wrestling. It was, like what he brought to it is what I wanted to show people Uh, more of like just boiling people down to like what they're you know represent in those subjects I think is a lot of what that work is about yeah I I like that I like that you put it in the cartoon sense though because I feel like we're so used like hyper realistic depictions of things yeah to make them especially wrestlers who are in a way cartoonish and theatrical whatever they're like in the ring it's cool to see that like embodied into like a picture yeah like. i like the a lot of uh my work is like i i try to take like things that are theatrical and really manly or like you know like man driven uh i i think that's like something that wasn't okay when i was a kid especially where i grew up like you couldn't be a man and be a performer. But like, I, I think a big interest of mine is all of this stuff is kind of like those two things. Like when you're in the demolition derby, it's like you're performing for this group of people or you're wrestling, you're performing. And I think like, that's what interested me more than anything is it like can be super extravagant, but like it doesn't take anything away from like, uh why you're doing it it's all yeah. for the same reason so yeah that's super cool um i wanted to talk about like you said your your style is cartoonish and to me it kind of gives me like a nostalgic feel to look at it it looks like something like my dad would see in an old catalog like oh yeah um how would you describe your style because i don't once again like we said earlier like artists are very particular about how they how yeah. they talk about their own art but i wanted to get like what you consider your art to like style to be or I try to approach everything kind of in like the same uh from the same perspective so like a lot of a lot of the things I'm taking in are from a certain period of time like the 60s and 70s um and that's kind of where I've like focused my output is like if I can get it close to that but I also do want it to be very like true and raw from like who I am so 
um, no matter what I'm doing, I want it to kind of look like it's coming from the same place. Same era? Yeah. What What draws you to like the 60s and 70s more than any other time period? I just think it's like really relatable for everything I'm kind of interested in. I'm, I've kind of drifted into the 80s a little bit now, but for a long time, um, like rock and roll, all of like the hippie shit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of when everything kind of freed up in America and it, like things became really wild and like it seems like the country kind of lost control of like it was no longer very conservative. Yeah, it wasn't like black and white. It was Yeah, like... and in in like if you watch like interviews with like bands from the 70s especially they were saying things just to make people mad and like you like really be like you had a voice even if it wasn't the popular voice which uh, I think is a big part of my work um, you mentioned you 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 draw yourself to the 60s and 70s because you you like that chaos almost mm-hmm. um, it seems like lately you've been kind of chaotic you've been doing wood wooden uh, action figures you've been doing things digitally yeah. how important is it you to try those new things and to make yourself a jack-of-all-trades rather than a one-trick pony I think, I mean, that's, like, what my work is about is, uh, I, I do want it to come from this, like, very, like, almost obsessive point of view of, um, how much work can you really make about these things, and for so long I was trying to make really good work about you know one subject and kind of getting it into one print or one image and now I realize that like those subjects run their course with me and I get bored of stuff so why not try to make as many Rambo action figures as possible Um, because that's really what I like I love about that stuff is how how doing it over and over again changes it for me so uh, I guess that's like a big part of uh, why I do so many different things is like what 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 will this look like now? Yeah. Um. How how much has like a recurring figure that you've drawn Hulk Hogan Rambo? How much have they changed in the way you depict them from whenever you first started drawing them to like now? Or- I think Hulk Hogan has been like the best example of. I was drawn to it. Uh, I don't even know really when it started, but it it. I, it wasn't the era of wrestling I liked or anything like that. Hulk Hogan just became this like icon of America um, at like a crucial part of my like work evolving. Uh, I realized that like that's really what I'm interested in is like this like Americana. So Hulk Hogan went from being like just like this character that I like to draw to this like icon of like it really shifted my work. So for Hulk Hogan a lot, for Rambo, um, that's kind of when I got into like repetition of like, how many times can I do this in a different way? And it's all about experimenting, but like keeping it interesting each time. Yeah, I like, I think my favorite is the Rambo. I like, I like especially the action figure yeah. uh, version of him. I think it's super cool. It's yeah. something I showed my dad actually, because. He's like the biggest Rambo fan. Yeah. And he was like, that's badass. No, that's uh, super funny that uh, 
Rambo wasn't a movie like it's all this stuff that's kind of like yeah. in my peripheral. It's like it wasn't a movie that I loved when I was a kid or anything. Um, I just think like it's so iconic that I, I'm really interested in folk art and a lot of uh, why the subjects they choose in folk art are like presidents and Uncle Sam is because it's iconic. Yeah. So even if it looks terrible, you can tell what it is. And uh, I think that's the same with Rambo and the same with Hulk Hogan. If it has the muscles and it has the headband, like then it's you know Rambo. Who, yeah, yeah, that's it's, very true. Because yeah. you couldn't, even if you didn't put a name on it, yeah. the camo pants and the red bandana, yeah. like, you know. Everybody, yeah. especially if you, if your parents, like if you're from here, you know what it is. Yeah. And uh, I think that's super cool. Because then it even like, you get so many different age groups that can like enjoy your work because yeah. you're hitting... Like, even, like, nowadays, it's popular to, like, old wrestling and yeah. old, old movies. Like, it's cool to be, like, to, like, vintage stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think it's super cool that you're hitting, like, all the ages with, with your work. Yeah, that's, like, a, it's one of those things that, like, I, I worried about that for a long time. I wanted to make work that people liked. And then kind of when I just started making stuff that I liked, uh, it started getting more of a following like it started becoming more popular so um yeah i don't know what that's about it's just like this like again this like narrative that i'm following that uh is totally only makes sense to me but like yeah. that's just how it goes so yeah um since you do different mediums you do you put your hands in everything does your process from like infancy to final product change um, depending on what kind of project you're working on and like could you kind of walk through that a little bit sure I mean if I'm working with someone um, if I'm doing like an editorial piece it's they, that process is set up for you yeah um, you do sketches you send them in you do a final send it in um, I've mostly through school and like I've adapted that process for everything so like I I do the same process for everything I'm doing um, is it necessary like I have no idea like that's just what I'm used to doing so my process right now which I've just kind of switched up this year is uh, I've been doing everything on index cards so like all of my sketches are on index cards and I sit down, usually at this couch, and uh, do as many drawings of whatever I want to do as possible. And then I'll tack them all up on the wall and go through them and uh, pick the ones that I like the most. And then do a cleaner version, and then it goes in the computer. So That's really interesting that you choose no index cards, though. It's just a good size that uh, no matter what format I'm working in, it it's, translates it's well. like close or i can figure out like i'll oh, just that you know like cut that much off the index card like for skateboards it's like i know i just have to cut the edges off the index card and just stick to like a you know pretty vertical format stuff like that where it's like and it's small so i can't be too detailed because like that's the thing over time of my work it's become so detailed um in my mind of like things that have to be right the sketches sometimes take so long. So you're, you're not like a, a rough sketch person. You're like, you want to get them as perfect as you can during the sketches. 
That way it's easier in the computer. Or I think I'm like just super impatient and I I only care about what it looks like at the end. Um, that being said, like the process is really important to me. So I just want to get the idea on the paper and then um, spend as much time on the final as possible. Okay. Um, I was wanting to talk about, you mentioned whenever you're doing a piece for like somebody else, like yeah. for a magazine, for whatever, um, you did the Adult Swim, uh -huh. um, Rick and Morty tea for New York Comic Con this year. Uh -huh. You just had the um, the eco-friendly piece come out in Wired. I don't know what to call uh -huh. that, but uh, yeah, you just had those come out. How does it feel to like see your work being seen by that many people? Because those are two insanely large companies yeah. who get seen by millions of people. I think more so it's like working for companies that you're really excited about. Like Adult Swim is one of those like dream clients. Um, the, the biggest thing is like it's still a job. So it's like I usually only have 48 hours to do those things or like whatever. So a lot of times, like, I'm not thinking about, uh, you know, a billion people are going to see this. Um, more so, like, so, like, in a normal job, you get promoted and, like, your job kind of gets easier. Like, that's how it's set up. Like, that's how the world should work. Uh, in illustration, it's more like, how much can you carry and how fast can you run? And, like, that's how I think about all of those big projects is, like, it's a ton of, it's a ton of pressure and a ton of weight on your shoulders, but you're also expected to just do what you're, you know, naturally doing. Yeah. So, it, it becomes this, like, that's so secondary, and a lot of times you miss that wave of, this is a really cool project because yeah. you're so concerned about like just hitting the mark. Yeah, making it as, as good as you can yeah. in a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, so your Rick and Morty tea, it was Rick as a Statue of Liberty. Uh -huh. What what like made you think of that idea? Like what took you in that direction with it? I mean, it like iconic New York. Um, I mean, Rick's almost an icon now in yeah. pop culture. Yeah, and I, I just think I also really like bootleg t-shirts oh dude i love bootlegs so uh like thinking well what is new york what does a new york bootleg look like um and that was one of the ideas we landed on it's like how many times has the new like the statue of liberty been repurposed as different icons and yeah and rick's hair was perfect yeah so. it almost looked like the crown yeah um now you're you're constantly working on different things. Mm -hmm. You're constantly. I'm sure you're constantly drawing and doodling, writing down ideas. Mm -hmm. um, as artists, we all get creative block, mm -hmm. and I want to know like how do you climb over that wall of like I just can't think of anything. Like I don't know if you like I'm, everybody does it. So yeah, I'm, everybody has a way to get over it. Uh, I think I mean it's been said countless times, but like at some point you just gotta like show up and work and like go through that process of it's not working today um if you do have a crazy deadline i mean there's a million things but when it's happening it feels terrible yeah um 
my big thing is I either read something, so like, I'm a huge book person. Yeah, you have them all over the yeah all over the studio. I uh I love short stories for that reason of uh something about reading. I can't. I'm really like terrible read at reading, so I have to go really slow and I have to like it clears my mind. Um, I think doing anything that takes your mind off completely off of what you're working on is the best route for a creative block. Like sometimes I'll just sit down uh, in my sketchbook and do something ugly, like just for me. Cause uh, yeah, if I can flush my mind of everything going on, I think is like the, the best way to handle it. Um, I know for me, when I get creative block, I turn to music. Yeah. Um, how much, and my podcast is mostly about music and mm -hmm. stuff like that, so how much does music like influence your work and influence your workflow and how you work? Because I know when we came in, you were listening to music mm -hmm. and you were working before we got here, so mm -hmm. like, how, how important is, is music to you, whether creating or just in your free time? Oh, it's huge. I think it's a, becoming more of a part of my work. Um, I think like if you put it in like into terms of like the vibe of music uh, a lot of time like the I did a comic book series called Les Frog Boys and I have a playlist on Spotify that like that comic book to me is based on um, and it kind of came out of like this one OC's album that like my wife showed me uh, first time I heard it it like these characters came from that album and like so a lot of times stuff will come out of music or like come out of a song um, but a lot of times like when I'm working uh, if I'm if I'm stuck like we just talked about uh, there are certain albums that Frank Ocean Blonde is like one of my albums where it's like if I gotta buckle down that's my go-to and it like just you know flips the switch sometimes so you're you're more of like a chill out music to help you kind of work or like uh i mean that's a super like low-key yeah just relaxed album to try to get a deadline done on in my yeah uh i i create enough like pressure for myself uh before i come to the studio nine times out of ten it's uh kill them all okay that's almost every day yeah that's my favorite metallica record. yeah yeah it's like my morning uh my morning routine is involves Metallica yeah, usually. My morning routine is uh, Sabbath self-titled. Oh, hell every yeah. morning. Yeah, every single morning. Yeah, no, I, I, I just think there's something to like. If I listen to metal all day, I would fucking lose my mind. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. it's too, it's too in your face. All but time. I do listen to it a lot, uh, especially when I'm when I'm painting. I listen to like metal or like, you know like trash talk and yeah. shit like that or like horror yeah um but when i'm when i'm working on the computer and when i'm working on editorial stuff that just takes time and it's like uh you know i'm gonna be here for three hours i want to put on an album that like i can listen yeah. to all the way through yeah because so. metal like bangs your head around too much yeah. and sometimes it's it's too much yeah I and I, I i have like terrible add so like me getting distracted is like the worst for my work situation. Yeah. Um, 
you mentioned prior that you have a big West Coast tour coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of talk about that? Talk about, like, kind of preview what it is, like what you're going to be doing? Yeah, so we are... Uh, I'm doing Comic Arts LA, which is, um, like, the big zine show in California. And um, we love Portland. Like, me and my wife, if we could live there and make it work, Portland would probably, like, be our spot. Yeah, my sister loves Portland as yeah. well. Uh, so we decided like well we're gonna do comic arts la anyway and i'm making all this new stuff um for comic arts la so how could we you know get more of a trip in basically for winter so we uh have a show in portland and then we have a show in san francisco um and then we're driving down to la so what like what do you mean by a show like uh we're just doing pop-ups and stuff there um the show in San Francisco is still like being planned, so it's all pretty last minute. Um, my big thing is like I just want to meet as many people that are interested in the same stuff I am as possible. So like Instagram can get you to a certain point of meeting, you know, people that like the same stuff, but uh, meeting them face to face like is so valuable and I don't think a lot of people realize that which is literally how this came about yeah, yeah. I was I was literally like so nervous to even ask you to do this because no, no, I'm just I'm, I'm usually which I feel like in the last couple of years that's how I've met like a ton of people that's how I met Matt behind the camera I messaged him on Instagram I was like yo I like your photography yeah and now we like hang out and I've been on his podcast yeah. and um I'm, I'm definitely grateful that I, I reached out and that you uh yeah. said thank you said that we could do this um, yeah no, that's like a huge, uh, so I, we moved here from Los Angeles, me and my wife and, um, John Malta, who, uh, we talked about earlier, yeah. uh, just someone I knew through Instagram, but I knew he lived here. So it was like that connection kind of saved Kansas city for me. Cause like I was so, I was used to being around a bunch of people that were doing what I was doing and interested in what I was, you know, doing and what I was interested in. And then you come to a town where it's, that's not the same. So yeah, I think online relationships are great, but like meeting people and having like real relationships is so valuable. Yeah, I agree 100%. And that's why I think social media is such a good thing Yeah, is that you can, you can like see, it's opened me up to a lot of new things, a lot of new music, a lot of art. Um, I know through following you, I went through like the rabbit hole and followed like as many yeah. illustrators and graphic designers as I could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think especially it was just weird that we connected on like a way like we liked the same music. Yeah. The same kind of like pop culture stuff. Uh, Which is crazy to me. I I feel like anytime I meet people that there's more than one because I feel like what I'm interested in is so eclectic that. Yeah. If I do hit more than one mark with people, it's so rare to me. Yeah, I agree. 100%. But it's it's cool because it's like, I you you know you introduced me to different music and like we talk about that stuff and like that's those are the relationships I'm interested in. I don't really care about you know just business or yeah stuff like that. I think yeah. business and uh, personal life. I think it like it's the same for me. I don't. Okay. I don't see like a huge divide of 
this is my personal life and this is like my business stuff it's kind of all yeah i feel like as, a, as an artist though that that's kind of necessary to kind of yeah surround yourself with people who do the same thing as you or are business-minded that uh-huh. can kind of push you to, to yeah. do better i guess yeah yeah it's it's hard being like a small business person in an industry where you know like nobody really knows what they're doing so yeah i think that's so helpful and that's what instagram's really been for me is like you know you figure a lot of stuff out with each other so yeah um thank you again at the end of all my episodes i do a self plug so okay go ahead and plug your instagram plug anywhere else to follow you and to look out for your work um you can hint at upcoming things i it's it's free game my instagram is cheating snakes uh my website and stuff is on my instagram west coast tour is going to be cool got a new book coming out um new merch and stuff that's pretty much it though right now (laughs) well thank you very much for taking the time um this has been the first episode of the track record streak or not why was i about to say street track record conversation series thank you guys for listening and watching and don't forget to keep a clean track record i feel like kanye is gonna be he's gonna like he's legendary now yeah but i feel like like the best is yet to come like really well he's done so many one i feel like he's smarter than everybody gives him credit for i don't know what's with like all the republican shit and like i think that's beside the point but music wise like the moves he makes don't make any sense for like two years yeah so like well that's the whole point of like when he dropped yeezus yeah he's like nobody will appreciate this for like three or four years yeah it was was the case which that's my favorite kanye album it just isn't it's insane the whole like front to back i mean it's perfect length. I remember listening to that when it came out and being like, holy shit, like this is a totally different, not even in like the ASAP way where you're like, oh, like this is very experimental. And like, it's, I love that album. Like Yeezus was so different where it's like, this is a different like genre of music. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. no, I I agree. Kanye is like one of my favorites. I have, I think I have almost all of his stuff on vinyl. I, I collect bootleg records. That's like my thing. So yeah. I have a Yeezus bootleg record because oh, it never came oh. out on vinyl. Yeah. I have a blonde bootleg too since they didn't ship mine. So oh, man. it's like my big thing. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, vinyl is another thing that's like so weird to me uh, that it's so popular and like... Yeah, it's crazy. We have vinyl, but like... It's just so easy for me to get music digitally that like I haven't got. Thank God, I would be yeah. broke if I. Yeah. My cousin. I am broke because of it. Yeah. yeah. I just I literally just went to Mills on Saturday when I came up. Uh huh. Um, I bought like three records. Yeah. Like every yeah. time, because I every time I'm up here, I'm like I have to stop by there and uh-huh. I have to look. Um. And they make everything now. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but I love vinyl because I love the packaging. Uh huh. Like I'm a big packaging nerd. Oh yeah. And vinyl packaging is just, if if it's. Okay, because some, some people do it lazy, like lazy. Like, I bought Daytona, Kid See Ghost, and Ye on vinyl when they all dropped. Yeah. And it's just the cover yeah. with, with the record in it. There's yeah. like a little paper insert, yeah. but that's it. And I was like, that's I mean, I, I like that I own it, but it's not yeah. what I wanted. The Rolling Stones albums. That's why, like, yeah. uh, my dad gave us all his. Yeah. And, like, even albums that suck came out, like, with yeah. the sickest packaging. Yeah. Like, 
we have an Alice Cooper record that came with like a giant like two dollar bill and like we have the Alice Cooper record. That's the uh, it's a big wallet. Oh. See, you like flip it up and pull the record yeah. out of the deck. And like they don't do that Incredible. shit anymore. 